This is CNT Talk. Every week, two friends debate the issues of the ages as we agree to disagree. It's never politically correct, but it's always entertaining. Join us tonight so you can sound knowledgeable at work tomorrow. We're smacking you upside the head with the hammer of truth. Welcome to the show. Hello, hello. I just realized I'm listening to that intro. Uh, that you'll be more intelligent at work tomorrow, unless usually we record on Saturdays. So unless you're working on Sunday, which you shouldn't be necessarily, you might not be smart until Monday. Well, or so. or all of the uh, the smartness is going to dissipate over. Well, the you might next have to day. listen to it twice. Yes. <laughs> Download, listen to it twice. So um, there's one thing I want to talk about later. We'll save that for the segment one of our listeners does not like. <laughs> what um, segment could that be? Yeah, well, you, <laughs> they knew who they are. Um, I did want to touch it briefly, and it's not because there's not a lot to talk about here, but um, the last presidential debate for the Democrats, and I have a clip from Beto O'Rourke. which You're I think, really going to make us suffer through that? Just this clip. Okay. <laughs> just this clip. Is this the AR-15 Yes, clip? it is. Yes, so okay. let me play this. If you haven't heard, if you've been under that rock, let me play this. Hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15, your AK-47. We're not going to allow it to be used against our fellow Americans anymore. My campaign will now give a freedom dividend of $1,000 a month for an entire year to 10 American families. Someone watching this at home right now. Mayor Pete Buttigieg. (laughs) It's original, I'll give you that. (laughs) So the first one was Beto O'Rourke telling you you're going to take away your... AR-15s, and your AK-47s. Now, I know Beto is from Texas, and he probably has heard of a gun before, but those are two totally different animals, are they not? Um, Yes. Well, (laughs) Beto has no idea what he's talking about. So, I mean, you can have an AK-47 that's not a fully automatic weapon. But Beto thinks that uh, an AR-15, in fact, I've heard him say this repeatedly, is a Weapon of war. Yes. No, 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 Beto. It just it's looks not, scary. No, the American military does not use <laughs> AR-15s. Uh, they use potentially, they're called select fire weapons. They're full auto. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're what you would call a machine gun, potentially, in the sense that they can, you pull the trigger, you Keep can going. empty the magazine. Fully automatic. Yes, fully automatic. Single, uh, triple, Beto, Beto doesn't understand full. any of this. Beto yeah. is desperately trying to remain relevant. Uh, right. He's not going to. And the, the funniest thing is all of the other Democrats are kind of angry with him because he's giving the game away, <laughs> right? Because what do you always hear? People that support the Second Amendment and the right to bear arms. And whenever they claim, you know, that the Democrats are going to take the guns, you get this sneering, nobody wants to take. Of course they want to take the guns. You just said it. Yes, we're going to take them. Yes. Right. And so they're annoyed with him because, no, you're not supposed to say that to the lemmings. Don't say you're going to take the guns. He got confronted in Aurora, Colorado by a woman who said, "Uh, you're not taking my gun. And, he, and she got booed because it was all his people. And he basically said, let her talk. Let her talk. We just have a disagreement on this. And she's like, but <laughs> I'm trying to protect myself and you want to take them away. It doesn't make any right. sense and to I, me. You know, we've talked about this before. I want somebody to ask Beto, how are you going to get the guns? Yeah. How, well, how are you going to get them? Because Beto, <laughs> let's, can we agree, Beto, that there's going to be a lot of people that are not going to voluntarily give up their weapons of war. So how are you going to get the guns? Might be hard. I did see this week, somebody put out a question from a democratic standpoint. Why is it not 
feasible to go door to door to get 11 million illegal immigrants, but it is feasible to go door to door to get 390 million firearms. Right. That what? I'm, I'm confused. That that one you can do. That one you can't. Well, and remember that that also ignores the fact, which to his very minimal credit, I saw a clip from Chris Cuomo on CNN who had Beto on, and Cuomo <laughs> at least at least asked him. Um, how are you going to do any of this under Heller? Yeah. Right? It's it's illegal what you want to do. Is that mm-hmm. even a consideration? Of course it's not. They don't they don't care. Well, Kamal Harris has said the same thing. In the first 100 days, she plans right. to, if the, if the legislature won't act, she right. will. The Constitution is not. Okay. We talked about this a few weeks ago. For all of the screaming and garment rending about how Donald Trump is this tyrant who is ruining democracy, none of the Democratic presidential candidates give a rip. The Constitution does not mean anything to these people. Laws don't mean anything. Separation of powers don't mean anything. (laughs) We want a policy, and we're just going to do it because we're woke and we know best, and this is just the way America is supposed to work. Sure, sure. The only semi-sane candidate on the stage, Andrew Yang. I don't think he qualifies as semi-sane. Comparatively speaking. Comparatively speaking, he's going to give Andrew Yang just said the other day, you're going to have to get you're going to have to give up your car. Yeah, he also wants to give, We're gonna have to get rid of your car, but he wants to pay people to support him. The only thing that he's <laughs> ever said that I thought was sensible, which, of course, makes him an apostate, is he's actually an environmentalist who's in favor of nuclear power. <gasps> Boo! Ooh. Right. Yes. None of them can accept that. That's actually a smart position. Nuclear power is probably the best option in if you're From worried about fossil standpoint. fuels. Yeah. But, of course, none of the environmental wackos want anything to do with nuclear power. So they, you brought that up. I'm glad you brought that up. Three Mile Island closed yesterday. For the, the, the Unit 2 closed. It completely shut down. It'll be decommissioned. The owners of that plant wanted $500 million to bring it up to better standards. Which, by the way, is a, is a drop in the bucket. It is. It is. And, and I think that's true. What are your feelings on that? I mean, should the taxpayers have given that company $500 million to make their I, You know what? I don't know better? enough about um, how that was originally funded. It's been 25 years since any plant in Pennsylvania has been opened, and well, sure. none of them, they've never gotten any taxpayer money. Now, New Jersey, New Jersey, Maryland, and Delaware, I believe, gave taxpayer money to keep the same company running. I, again, I don't know enough about what the issues were in terms of the original funding. Uh, Nuclear power is incredibly efficient. Mm -hmm. Again, anyone who claims to be an environmentalist who rejects the idea of nuclear power, you shouldn't take them seriously. Now, we can have a separate discussion about how do you deal with the waste, but Mm -hmm. we're very good at that now. We have technology in place that we can handle that. It's, you know, it's always the scary. It's Chernobyl. It's (laughs) what's the one in Japan, right? Fukuyama. Sure. Uh, Fukuyama or whatever it was. Um, Sure. Nuclear power. uh, You have to be very careful. You have to know what you're doing. But in terms of efficiency and no environmental impact, good for the environment, it is a tremendous power source, a tremendous technology. And so all the people that claim that they're worried about the earth is dying because of the fossil fuels. Why are you not interested in nuclear power? And they can't really give you a straight answer other than fear mongering about because it's nuclear power and that's really scary. Well, I think because of the two you named, plus Three Mile Island, nineteen seventy nine, I think that really turned off people to the because of the risk. But the reality of Three Mile Island was that the amount of radiation that escaped was actually less 
than the particulates that are in the existing atmosphere. In mm-hmm. other words, if you ask most people at Three Mile Island, you know, they think, oh, my word, there was this rate. There, there, no. That no. there wasn't any. Now, obviously, was it a dangerous situation? It yes. could have been, but could it have did been. not turn out to be that. It wasn't, yes. wasn't that at all. Uh, so that's the only thing that Andrew Yang says that makes any sense. Well, I, I just think from a nuclear t- power standpoint, I watched the, the miniseries on HBO called Chernobyl, and it was terrific. But I also feel like the Russians probably cut some corners to try you to get think? that going, like they did with their subs. The same thing. I'm kind of feeling like we didn't do that, but I think the scare in '79 just free people out and that was it nuclear power was gone after as that we always say everything has cost and benefits yeah. so what we should be doing is having a serious policy discussion about nuclear power all the benefits and all of the potential defects in this defects costs in including is it safe can yeah. we store it yeah most of the experts in that field if you ask them would say the downside of nuclear power, which is the safety issue, we have the ability – sure, is there is there always a possibility there could be some horrific breakdown? Sure. But it is a technology that is clean, that is efficient, that has massive energy density, meaning that it you, know, you can use a small amount of it and mm-hmm. power a whole bunch of different things, which is the opposite of wind and solar. Yes. And yet most environmentalists out of some just sort of animistic fear of radiation, uh, they, they don't want to do it. I mean it's fair enough. If you want to make the argument that the trade-offs are not worth it and the costs and the potential downside is too significant, okay, that's a fair position. But I think most experts in the field would say uh, that's pretty unrealistic and it's based on a bunch of fear-mongering that is generally not true. So the question always becomes when you talk to an environmentalist, would you, Tony – be willing to live next door to a nuclear power plant. Well, not, not three mile island distance from your house. Like you're living. Well, nobody's going to live next door well, to a nuclear not power like, plant. That's literally the next point. door, but like a mile away. Would you be willing to be in in high spire? Are, if, if are you asking me from the standpoint of because I'm worried of whether it's safe yes. or just whether I want to be able to see a cooling tower from my backyard? Well, forget the scene of the cooling tower because you're going to see. Yes, wires I, would, or, I wouldn't care. You, you would be fine no, with that. If, if okay. I didn't have like a giant tower, you know, looming right. over my property, wouldn't care at all. So if there's course. a big fence or a no. hillside, you wouldn't see the tower. It would you not don't bother care. me. Okay. Now the other thing I would have to investigate, of course, is if you have a home there. What's your property value? Because other people care right. whether you live near a nuclear well, power I, I, plant. Well, I got to believe it's probably lower comparably than somewhere right. not. So that next all goes the into plant. the equation. But if just simply from the fact that are you scared to live? And by the way, why does it matter if you're a mile away? That's the other point. If you're really worried about there's going to be a disaster, you living ten miles away is not really going to help you that no, much. It's not really going to. If you watch the Chernobyl series, it really doesn't matter if you're that close. Yes. You're still in, in the blast zone. So I want to tell you that Pete Buttigieg makes me a little nervous. Not not because he he seems like the nice, reasonable, clean cut guy. Just in appearances. You mean if you don't if you turn the volume down and listen you turn to the volume down, you just look at his appearance, you, you you hear the hear the tone of his voice. But the things he says are just as crazy yeah. and just as well, out there as everybody listen, else. Calm your fear. He's he's already eliminated. He he's he's done. Okay. There are no the only two people now, really, in my view, the only two people that have a possibility of being the nominee are Lizzie, mm-hmm. Pocahontas, <laughs> and Joe Biden. That's it. Well, she just came out as the leader in the and, poll in yeah, Iowa. That's it. So, those are the I, only two. Those are the only two that have any chance of winning. Kamala Harris has plummeted. Yes. She's done. She's actually the one that would have scared me the most in the sense that I actually think she's 
politically, she's pretty good in the sense that, you know, she's photogenic. She's kind of got that prosecutor's background. But for whatever reason, and it kind of surprises me because she's also, you know, she's got the minority card, all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. She comes from the right state. Um, For whatever reason, she just isn't getting any traction within you know, the Democratic Party. So I yeah. think that's it. I think it's over. It's between it's now a death match between Elizabeth Warren and Joe Biden. And that's, Elizabeth Warren is basically Hillary part deux, yeah. except that she's even crazier than Hillary in terms of her policies. Well, yeah, I was just reading she's about a the- better. She is a better politician, meaning um, despite her ridiculous look, I'm having a beer in my. In my modest home, so that I can relate to you, common folk. Is this how you drink it? Well, the crazy thing she won a she won a senatorial seat without being the president's wife. I mean that that Hillary won the seat in New York because she was Bill's wife. Don't don't kid yourself. Right. There's no other reason. But the problem for Elizabeth Warren is that she has said and fervently believes so many cuckoo things. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about capital S socialism? Okay, yes. Read the things that she has said. I am going to nationalize all of the companies that make over a billion dollars. The state is going to control them. I am going to, in my first day, wave my magic scepter and ban fracking. These, I am going to have everyone, all of their student loans will be forgiven and all <laughs> of the free stuff will flow from mm-hmm. the special billion dollar coin that we're going to mint. <laughs> she is bonkers. Yes, she is. She is. You you bring up the nationalization of corporations over a billion dollars, and I was just reading about this right before we went on the air. There's parts of that bill or that proposal, I shouldn't say bill, that are very scary and should be to everybody listening to this. It's not just the corporations that are affected because part of that is saying the board of directors for each of these companies will have 40% representation of employees. Voted by the employees, which means 40% of that company is no longer in the shareholders' hands who no, no. supply all the money. No, it's, no, let's be very clear, and this is true. The government will be running those companies. Yes. The government will be deciding hiring practices, firing practices. That's my point. You want to talk about controlling the means of production. That is her vision. If you yes. have a company that produces more than a billion dollars in revenue, that company is no longer privately owned. The government runs the company soup to nuts. Okay, Not yes, just that right. the government gets to take the money and redistribute it. The government is calling the shots. The government is setting the policy. The government is writing the employee handbook. The government is writing all of the agenda and the goals and the environmental policies. <laughs> it's the government's company. Okay, That is, again, capital S socialism. Yes. And, and I'll, I'm going to take her at her word that that's not what they're going for, but I think you're probably right. I think it's totally government no, control. No, wait. Take her at her word. Well, let me finish because – when you when you take the, the thought process is this is affecting the ultra rich because only the ultra rich are investing in these companies. Really, that's the that's the premise. Actually, she's, isn't that that's a flat out lie? Exactly, because corporations through mutual funds and and four hundred one ks have most of the stock market. But does, that's you and me. Does she think that the only people? I mean, that's that's the most ridiculous one of the most it ridiculous is. things you can say. It is, but her people are saying, you know. Uh, 83% of the stock market is owned right. by the people with so 10% only, of the wealth. So, so what she means is that only slim pickings and uh, <laughs> let's see, who else? Bill Gates, um, name your name your billionaire. They're yeah. the only people that invest in IBM or Wasn't Microsoft. Wasn't slim pickings the author or the um, 
actor. You think yeah, of not, uh, it's T Boone Pickens. Pickens. Slim yeah. Pickens, same thing. You know what I mixed up? No, I mixed up Carlos Slim oh. and T Boone Pickens. By the wow. way, didn't T Boone actually just pass yeah, just away? did pass away? Yeah, Oklahoma Carlos State. Slim. Carlos Slim is one of the guys. He's from where is he Mexico? from? Like Brazil or Mexico. Mexico? He he always is up there with Bezos and the rest of them. Yeah. Under the top three, they rotate. Yeah. every month, who has the most money? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but so they're, right. they're, they're apparently the only ones. Well, according to her people, that's what they're saying. But that's not reality. I'm invested in my 401k. You're invested. It's That's what we do. But we're not considered individual investors. We're considered part of a yeah. larger group, which is still us investing. So it, they all scare me. And I think you're right. I think it's down to Warren and Biden. And Cory Booker came out today said – his camp said – if we don't get $1.7 million by the end of the month, yeah, we're probably all out. The, all the rest of them are done. They're well, done. I mean they're going to they'll, – they'll – They'll hang on uh, through some of the uh, you know the early states, I guess, but it's over. There, there's nobody else that's uh, that has a legitimate shot. I, I I think they were down to ten for the last debate, and I think that was the road. Now there are two or is it three Republicans trying to primary Trump? Is it? I don't. At least two. Yeah, I, I haven't heard anything about them other than that. Yeah, we're going to do that, but nothing. That's not happening. Yeah, well, I don't think it's going to happen there. Let's slide on to something else. Um, our neighbor to the north, uh, Canada, in case you're not familiar with geography. <laughs> and you might not be. I don't, I don't want to judge anybody. I thought you meant Greenland or something. Yeah, Greenland is further north. Yes, that, that it could true. be our neighbor to the N- north. Northeast could be one of our 51st states. Uh, Justin Trudeau, the prime minister of uh, Canada, known for, what is it, uh, ham and maple syrup. They call it Canadian bacon, but it's really oh, I thought you meant Justin Trudeau is known for No, the country, the country. Okay. Justin Trudeau has come out now, um, apparently brown face, black face. I'm not sure how many different faces I he's I think he worn. said he really, really likes to get uh, dressed up in costume. He really likes to get into character. Right. He, he does. And, and I think the one that's getting him in the most trouble is the one where he dressed like Aladdin. And he looks very dark. It's just the, his white teeth showing through. Basically, black face bad it seems to only follow the liberal politicians for some reason what do you mean it only follows the liberal politicians? well northridge in virginia north northam sorry yeah, northridge, northridge. Sorry. housing development <laughs> somewhere <laughs> trudeau slim pickens we're you know we're, we're, just, we're all over these, these right. names I just, it just strikes me as odd that the people who seem to be most concerned about race are the ones who are blatantly really is that odd well it seems odd to me. Maybe it shouldn't seem Doesn't odd. Seem Maybe I should see. Does it strike you as strange? You mean though? the same reason it's odd that all the people that are telling us the world is going to end fly around in jets yeah. to various conferences? Yeah. That's yeah. What, is that odd as well? Yeah. A and the bit. people that don't want you to have guns have armed security. That's also <laughs> odd. There's a lot of oddities, Chad. Okay. I just I bring that up as an aside because I I don't really care for Justin Trudeau. I didn't care for his father Pierre. Um, well, but he seems to get a lot of attention. My favorite part of the whole thing is that uh, you're not going to like the rules that you want everyone else to play by. So they're being there. It's sort of the left eating the left now. Right. Because they only expected this. I mean, Trudeau is a, a man in good standing with the, the woke crusaders. Right. I mean, he's a well, he's a social <laughs> SJW yes, VIP. He is. He is. So. This is uh, Elizabeth May. She is the leader of Canada's Green Party. Oh. This is what she wrote. I'm deeply shocked by the racism shown in the photograph of Justin Trudeau. He must apologize for the harm done and commit to learning and appreciating the requirement to model social justice leadership 
at all levels of government. In this matter, he has failed. Now, but okay, but this is very interesting. So, notice what her remedy is. Yes. Because if this was a far right you prime betcha. minister, you betcha, it would be he needs to be publicly flogged. He needs to be removed from office, and then he needs to be taken to Antarctica and staked to a wooden post for the rest of his life. All she, all he needs to do for this shocking, shocking and appalling breach <laughs> is he needs to apologize. What is it? He needs to go to some reindoctrination uh, center, he needs to, have a uh, microchip commit to learning and appreciating the requirement to model social justice leadership. Right. Yeah. Right. See, so it seems rather, I don't know, a kinder, gentler punishment than because, again, he's getting the benefit of the fact that, oh, we. He's so good on yeah. all our other issues. I wish he didn't do these ragingly racist things. <laughs> well, he did say his white privilege was the reason he put oh. on makeup. I'm like, uh, I don't know about that, man. I don't, I don't good try. Privilege. I like but, that. That's a good try. <laughs> he apologized. And they asked him if there's any other photos. He goes, there might be some more. <laughs> Out well, there. Well, there's already up to what? Three? <laughs> three that we know of. I don't know. He just really likes to get in the character. That's all I could say. He really likes to get in the character. But you're right. If it was a if it was a far right. Uh, I mean, if it, Donald Trump. Yeah. Donald Trump, Trump would be. Triple impeachment. <laughs> we want him impeached thrice. So this week there was a hearing on Capitol Hill uh, regarding statehood for the District of Columbia. Um, apparently. I, I didn't even know about this. Well, it, so it's a huge issue. It's a huge issue because, according to AOC, the people of the District of Columbia are disenfranchised yes, because they can't vote for elections. Now, they choose to live there. Keep that in mind. The District of Columbia – I'm going to give a little history lesson because I think there's probably some people out there who don't realize this. When they were de- deciding on where to put the federal capital, the, the founders said, well, we don't really want to put in any one state because that gives a particular state influence over the federal government, which we don't want to do. We don't want to have that. So we want to put it in a place that is outside of state government, hence the District of Columbia. So it was never intended to be a state. It was never intended to have franchisement. It was where government was supposed to be. Maybe there's some people housing there, but that wasn't going to be their permanent residence because it wasn't what we thought. So they seem to forget that you choose to live there and then complain that you don't get whatever rights. I think that's hilarious to me. And I can't imagine D.C. being a state. That would make it the smallest state, smaller than Rhode Island, which is entirely small enough. Your thoughts? Well, I think, first of all, um, D.C. is so important that not only should it be a state, but it should get, I don't know, like 50 electoral votes. Because first of all, all of the smart, three. all of the smartest, yes. most intelligent central planners live there. Yes, they course. really should get double electoral yeah. votes. Yeah, uh, and in fact, you know, now that the Democrats can't win presidential elections, which means just the most recent one, um, <laughs> the rules have to change. Yes, that's why we have to have no more electoral college. That's why we have to pack the court. The rule is, Chad, if the Democrats can't win under the existing guidelines, have they to have to the- go. <laughs> So, of course, this makes perfect sense. <laughs> well, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, oh, well, I, it totally makes sense to me. We should give them all that. In case people don't know, and, and I hope you do if you're listening to this podcast, you get one representative for each amount of population. It changes based on the census every 10 years. But the minimum you can have, i.e. Montana, is one representative and two state senators, two federal senators. Every state gets two senators. That's how the, by, the system works. And you get at least one representative. So a minimum of three electoral college votes 
if you don't know, that's based on the members of Congress. That's how many votes there are for the Electoral College. I, I know the Democrats probably don't know that because they just found out the, the Electoral College existed. Well, no, they, they're probably not familiar with that. They didn't realize it was racist. Uh, obviously, it's racist to be the Electoral College. It's been racist College. for a very long time. Yes. If you listen to AOC, everything about them losing elections is racist. Every single thing. Well, no, they've explicitly said yes, the they Electoral have. College. Yes, it's it racist. Was, if Hillary had won, it would not be racist. No, but, but because the the uh, coastal cities didn't determine uh, the election. And if Donald Trump wins the popular vote miraculously next time, the uh, the state compact that will immediately go by the boards, and yes. then the popular vote will be racist. <laughs> and will the and the Electoral College will be a bulwark of freedom. That's the way yes. it works. It just it just depends. We have to know who wins, yes. then we'll tell you we'll tell which things can be kept and which things must be Pack banished the, to the ash yeah. heap. Pack the court, yes. get whatever you need to do, we need to win. Uh, just keep that in mind. Every time these people talk. And I say these people because it's always the same people telling you over and over how you're a racist, how you hate people, how you really – you're just evil because the elections have consequences and you know things have been written down for over 200 years and you can't seem to figure that out. You just found out. That it it is an interesting me. strategy. Vote for me, you mouth-breathing bigot. <laughs> that's, why, that's where that, I'm that's, amazed. That's the message. Well, That's I, the message. I think you and I talked about this at one time. Should I vote for the one who says, I hate you, you're a basket of deplorables, I can't stand you, or should you vote the other guy who doesn't say that about you? Well, it's a really tough decision. I don't know. Well, not only that, the, the people that say, we're banning all the things. Yes. We're all the things you have, they're going to have to yes, go. Yes. So we're going pro- to make, make everything public po- property. We're going to take away everything you have. But you should vote you for us because it's a good thing. No burgers. Yeah, no burgers. No cars. And burgers are good. Yeah. Yesterday was National Pepperoni Pizza Day. Oh, that's know. gonna have to go too. And I, I liked National Pepperoni Pizza Day. I like to eat that. Uh, isn't pepperoni pizzas mostly made by child laborers in Indonesia? I, I don't know, uh, but I've it's still good. That. I've heard that yeah, on. It, it uh, might be. Yeah, that has to go too. It, it certainly has something to do with the uh, heating up of the earth. <laughs> okay, let's move on to college athletics. 150 years of college football celebrated this year. Uh, you wouldn't know it by the teams I root for because they are horrible. Tennessee, baby. Tennessee's horrible. <laughs> Michigan wasn't much better today. Uh, no, actually, that's right. I forgot. You uh, root for Michigan, too? Yeah. I'm a glutton for punishment. Oh, man. Michigan <laughs> was beyond abysmal. Yeah, I'm like, what am I watching here? So this is the five-year plan for Jim Harbaugh. And this is year five. I was looking at the statistics. <laughs> There's something like um, they haven't beaten Ohio State. Correct. They are something like one in nine against top ten teams, I think. It gets anybody um, who actually matters, Every yes. big game that they've played, not only have they lost, essentially, they've been blown out. For those of you who don't follow college football, <sighs> Michigan just lost today to their big ten. They're not Wisconsin. supposed to be a rival. Wisconsin's got a good team. Wisconsin was leading 35 to nothing. Yeah, they, they came back and got 14 wow. on them. Mop up, mop <laughs> up. Yeah. The uh, the natives are getting restless. They should be. They should Now. They're that, paying Jim Harbaugh a lot of nine money. million dollars a year. Well, they're two and one. Tennessee's yeah. one and three, and they're not a good one and three. If that's even possible. But here's the thing: <laughs> Tennessee has been um, a non-factor, a sub-mediocre program basically since Peyton Manning left. Well, maybe, no, the maybe year the, after T. Maybe Martin the T. won Martin, national championship. Okay, that's right. That, that's the same era. So the problem for Michigan and is... And T. Martin's on the offensive staff. Michigan wants to consider itself one of the premier yeah. historic programs yeah. in college football. Mm-hmm. And they're not. Well, you got, they're the, just you got the not. historic part. Most wins in D1, 
largest stadium, most tradition. Right. But guess but, what? That's been a while. It's been a while. Hasn't it been? When's their last national championship? Uh, the year after Tennessee, the year after Terry Martin. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Michigan is basically uh, a top fifteen. Program. I'm sorry. The year before T Martin. Sorry. They're a top fifteen program. They're top fan- fifteen. That's giving no, them a lot more credit. No, oh. not this year. I'm saying in the recent history, they've become yeah, maybe sort of a top fifteen program that. Uh, on any other year, they might have an outside chance at making the playoff, but mm, they they're, they're not. They they don't belong in any conversation no. with Ohio State, Alabama, no. Clemson, Oklahoma. Uh, there's the those are the elite, and Michigan is down among the unwashed masses. You know, fighting for crumbs. They were ranked 11th going into this game against an unranked Wisconsin team. In Wisconsin. Well, no, Wisconsin wasn't unranked. I thought they no, were. No, no, Wisconsin was ranked like 13. Well, not on the graphic I was watching no, on no. TV. Wisconsin, but 11 Wisconsin versus nothing. had shut out both of its original. They were two and zero as well. No, Wisconsin was in the top twenty okay. easily. Well, the, Michigan beat Wisconsin badly last year and got destroyed today. Got just utterly destroyed. Yeah. their offense. Looked By like the way, we're we're attention. now doing sports in the wrong section yeah, well, of the program. The, the reason I bring this up is um, California has put out what's called a, the fair to play uh, bill. Wait, now it the, can't be called that. That's not even grammatically correct. The fair to play bill? Fair pay to play act. Okay, Sorry. there we go. Fair play to pay. Fair Say pay. that 10 times fast. <laughs> fair pay to play act. It's now sitting with Governor Newsom, which we know is. A, well, he has nothing else to do. This seems yeah. like the, the, a very important, important agenda important item. Thing I should do. Basically, it, what it does, it makes it illegal for California schools to take away an athlete's scholarship or eligibility as punishment for accepting endorsement money. Basically, paying athletes if the athletes get paid they can't necessarily get paid by the school but they could get outside endorsement money so if they're famous or could be famous that somebody else could pay them and they california saying you can't take it away now california resides well most of their schools reside within the ncaa and i'm not a big fan of the ncaa don't get me wrong i think they've done a lot of things poorly over the years they've they've held people back they've basically exacted a pound of flesh every chance they can i don't love it but this makes it really difficult because if you're a top athlete and you can go to a place where you can get paid something for anything or you can go to the other 49 states, which state are you going to? Well, okay, first of all, <laughs> let's not pretend that they're not getting paid well, in the other 49 agreed, states. Agreed, agreed. Above board yes, payment. Yes, <laughs> all, it, all it changes is that you can be open uh, and obvious well, you can just about be taxed on it handing now. them the envelopes. <laughs> you're taxed on it. That's the difference. That's what California wants. They want the tax money. But – if you're a top flight athlete, you're going to California. Now, the NCAA doesn't like this because it thinks it undermines their system, which it does. But, you know, they're talking about making California not being eligible for any NCAA championships yeah. and nothing being held well, in that California. Seems, that seems reasonable to me. It does seem reasonable. So Newsom has 30 days to sign this. And if it doesn't get signed, it, it automatically goes into effect, I guess, in California for some reason. Do you think that's going to happen? I mean, this this has to be challenged somewhere. Well, in the court first system, of all, right? I have no I have no uh, reason to believe that Newsom is rational uh, or is even thinking about this in a way that would be logical. So who knows what he's going to do? But to your point, the you know the initial move is we're going to allow them to be paid, and mm-hmm. then the rejoinder is the NCA saying, "Great." You don't participate in any of our championships, so yeah. you can form your own California your own organization League. and maybe have uh, you know. By the way, given how UCLA and USC are playing right now, you guys can go and form you know an XFL league <laughs> for California. So I think what Newsom is going to have to consider is 
great. We allow the athletes to be paid, and now all of the schools that are participating are no longer going to be vying for college bowl championships or the whatever it is, the playoff. Now. Right. I don't think that really makes sense as an end game unless they're convinced they have some legal basis to force the NCAA to allow them to participate in their championship, which I can't imagine there'd be any argument that you, would support Do you think that. this empowers other states to, to enact something similar, to, to force the NCAA to change their rules about paying athletes above board? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess it depends on how many of the blue woke states are going to get on, on board with this. I mean, because most of the other states, particularly the hotbeds of college athletics, are deep red. Mm-hmm. Okay, for the most, most part, of them. yeah, most other than California and Oregon, Washington, maybe, and and Oregon. I mean, yeah. who does that affect? The University of Oregon. That's right. it. Right. I I don't know where that's going. Um, I think it affects more on the basketball side of things, even than football, because there's a lot more basketball sure. powers scattered throughout the country that I think this definitely changes the landscape. Not necessarily much for California. I mean, I think that's from a basketball standpoint, it's not as hotbed as other places, but. I really think this is going to affect everything across the board, and I think it's going to change if if it's not ch- if it's challenging it is upheld. This is one of those uh, law of, and actually, it's not unintended. It's the law of unintended consequences. If they allow this to go into effect, I think they're going to rue the day that that happened. Yes, uh, it's not going to go as they expect. No, and I think it's really going to. Uh, I could see the NCAA disappearing. If, and if that this, wouldn't be a bad thing because the NCAA are a bunch of petty tyrants who, again, you and I have really no patience no. for them. But they're not going to allow California to sort of undermine their entire uh, amateur <laughs> process uh, without a huge, without a huge slugfest. Yeah, as well they should. I, I mean, this is the death blow if this goes through. So I think they're they're going to fight for everything. Let's switch gears to go back in the wayback machine to last year. Around this time. Wait, are we in, are we talking football now? Nope. We're What's the wayback machine? Wayback machine to the Senate confirmation <laughs> hearings of Mister uh, Judge Brett Kavanaugh, um, serial rapist. Serial rape. Yeah, serial rapist. Um, he's been attacked again. Uh, they want to impeach. Apparently, wait, wait, wait. When they have when they have when have they stopped wanting well, to impeach? But they they feel like they've got new allegations right. that weren't. Weren't fully investigated by uh-huh. the FBI, who apparently even the FBI found certain things laughable and not worthy of investigation last year. But apparently there's another allegation that may or may not be true. No, 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 no. <laughs> we know that it's not true. OK, I, I, I want to <laughs> dig into this because this is fantastic. Yes, go ahead. So for those of the people that have not been following this. So here's a quick refresher. If you recall, uh, Dr. Blasey Ford, whatever her name was, uh-huh. she was the main accuser, mm-hmm. and nothing about her story made sense or could be corroborated. In fact, uh, most of her story was not just having a failure to be corroborated, but people were actively saying that didn't happen. So I want to focus on three particular women. Uh, Dr. Ford's best friend, uh, who still remains a close friend, although now more estranged lately, uh, <laughs> is a woman named Leland Kaiser. Do you remember her name? Now, that, was, that's, uh, that sounds like a made-up name. I just have to say Leland like Kaiser. Like Kaiser Sose. Yeah, yeah, it just seems made up. But anyway, she, go ahead. She was the, at the time, the young woman who was supposedly at this party uh, with Dr. Ford when Brett Kavanaugh viciously assaulted her and then uh, Dr. Ford had to leave. And Leland Kaiser had s- said from the beginning – 
I have no recollection of any such party, which is a bit odd since it was her best friend and there were only supposedly those two and then four of these beastly, rapacious men. Uh, And the other very curious thing was that where the party supposedly happened because she couldn't really say – she at, at the time she changed her story at the age that she was in the early 80s because she first said it was the mid 80s and it was the early 80s. She actually couldn't drive. And so she apparently left the party and then somehow made her way back to her home, which would have been somewhere in the middle of the night around. I forget. It was like 10 or 15 miles. They never spoke of it. Her friend who was left alone at the party, uh, not even the next day, never heard about it. But even better, uh, Leland Kaiser has now said Uh, In a book written by these two New York Times reporters who are the ones that have now spread the new bombshell. Sure, sure. Leland Kaiser has now said she's gone beyond. I don't remember it to. I have absolutely no confidence that this ever happened for these (laughs) reasons. But here's the best part of this. So, yes, there's a new allegation Mm -hmm. that at another party um, at uh, was it Yale? That's where he went. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he uh, this is a family program. So we'll say he he exposed himself to another woman besides this Ramirez woman. We'll talk about her in a minute. And um, she was, of course, appalled and mortified. And they reported this in a New York Times article. These two women, these reporters are writing a book about mm-hmm. Kavanaugh. Yeah. This was an excerpt from the book. Mm-hmm. This second allegation, which establishes a pattern. Mm-hmm. There's now a pattern of abuse. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, what they neglected to put in the article, which seems, I don't know, potentially important, is that the woman who they claimed suffered this heinous act says it never happened. Hmm. They well, that kind, seems to be bad. They kind of forgot to put that in the story. Well, so your question becomes, if she said it never happened, who'd they hear from her that it did happen? Oh, this is better. So I'm glad you asked. <laughs> the person that claimed that he saw this happen, I think his last name is Steer. And they described him in this fantastically Orwellian way, literally, as some like he was some sort of thought leader on good government. Oh, well, it turns that out good. that Mr. Steer uh, happened to have been a member of Bill Clinton's legal team during oh, the impeachment proceedings. Oh, yes. Uh, I don't know whether that establishes some potential bias. Maybe. Hmm. I don't know. It might be relevant. Might but be. in any event, he he apparently passed on to the FBI this story that he was there when this might have happened. Now, <laughs> the New York Times then reported that Mr. Steer's version of events had been corroborated. Huh. Now, we need to understand what the New York Times means by corroborated and what the dictionary and actual normal people mean by corroborated. Because what they meant was, here's what they meant. Mr. Steer told two FBI agents that he saw... Brett Kavanaugh exposed himself. Well, it's two people, right? Right. They corroborated that he told them that. So this would be similar to me saying, I'm reporting that I saw Chad kicking puppies. And the corroboration is that I told two people that I saw Chad kicking puppies. High journalistic ethics. They can corroborate that I said that to them. That's corroboration. Yes. So these authors then were caught out uh, by the fact that um, you've reported this bombshell, but neglected to tell people that the woman who was supposedly assaulted and traumatized says it never happened. Don't you think journalistically that might be important? 
What do you think their um, – what was their first excuse? I don't remember the first excuse. Their first there. excuse was that their editors at the New York Times <laughs> – no, get this. This is great. Uh, the editors at the New York Times had removed the woman's name to protect her. And because that fact was appended, it was part of that paragraph, it got taken out. So now, they couldn't have said the woman denies this ever happened. They'd have to name her. Just say well, the it was denied. just this. It was an honest mistake. Now, sure. this raises some additional questions. <laughs> if I was, it, so l- let's understand this. Normally, when articles such as this are edited, the people that actually write the article, they get to see yes. the edits. Yes, so usually. I guess we're to believe that the editors took this out without them knowing. But the other problem I is, assume it's in the book, though, right? It is in the book. Oh, That's oh. how they got caught. Okay. Molly Hemingway, who is a writer for The Federalist, actually... What do you know? Red. Took the time to read the book, and she tweeted out, hey, by the way, in the book, it says the woman that was supposedly assaulted says this didn't happen. Hmm. And you didn't. Curious. Po- the other point is, if that's not in the story, how is the story newsworthy at all? In other words, if they were going to – because their, their thing was we were going to put that in. Well, wait a minute. If you're going to put into your bombshell that the person who – is the center of the story says it didn't happen. I don't think you published that story because it's utterly, it's false. Well, what's about, right? Why, why publish the book then? Well, they have <laughs> other other reasons because they hate Brett Kavanaugh. Okay. So this this is yet again, I mean, I just love the depths to it. They're, they're shameless at this. Sure. Point. Anything sure. that they can do, uh, look, they're not going to stop trying to smear this guy they, because for them – and this has actually been admitted by Ford's attorney who was speaking at some function and said, look, the whole goal here was we need to put an asterisk next to Brett Kavanaugh so that when Brett Kavanaugh signs on to the Handmaid's Tale majority opinion, yeah. we can say this is illegitimate. And this is the reason we need 37 Supreme Court justices, mm-hmm. which are going to be picked by the Berkeley faculty. This will make it fair for the country. So this is part of the the goal. I guess the the travesty is, and this is not a surprise anymore, is that the New York Times has sunk to to literally just think of the willful mendacity of mm-hmm. this. They publish a story about a sitting Supreme Court justice, which then goes around the Twitter sphere, and they know that the entire story is completely false because the person that it supposedly happened to says it never happened. That's, that's just irrelevant. It doesn't matter. It's just amazing. Again, it's they're interested in a narrative. The other thing that these two women have said on their little speaking tour, these reporters, uh, because they also were confronted with the problematic – there is no evidence that Dr. Ford uh, was ever assaulted. And the other woman, this Ramirez woman, there was no evidence that she's also the one. If you remember her mm-hmm. testimony, she was blindingly drunk, essentially. She couldn't really remember whether it happened, but she spent six days in deep reflection and consulting with her lawyers <laughs> yeah. and suddenly concluded, yep. I have an epiphany. Yeah, I'm him. pretty sure it was him, even though none of the other people that were at the party can corroborate this. And their response to how are you, um, in terms of journalistic standards, publishing these things? And their response was, just sound, literally, this sounded true in our gut. <laughs> well, that's fantastic. Wasn't the Ramirez woman the one who went back to multiple parties after no, she been no, 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 no. Well, that was the other one. She was the best. That was Julie Swetnick, oh, yes. who was Michael Avenetti's client, yeah. who said yeah. that 15-year-old Brett Kavanaugh was the leader of a pack of... 14 and 15 year old gang rapists that were terrorizing Chevy Chase <laughs> summer after summer, like Jason. And she they kept were, going back, though. Right. right? They were wearing, Multiple yeah, she, parties. Went, she kept going back. 
she had, you know, she apparently had a taser. She wasn't worried. <laughs> That's amazing. That's the amazing. other thing is, do you see how all this has become memory hold? Remember, yeah. the media yeah. was playing up this Julie. And by the way, this Julie Swetnick is clearly she's got mental problems. Yeah. Um, so does Avenatti. We just we just forgot about that. Like, oh, oh, so what? We accused him of being a gang rapist. Yeah, whatever. whatever. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's true or not. Yeah. So Facts this is the latest. This is the latest bombshell about Brett Kavanaugh. And the best they've got is a guy who was Bill Clinton's lawyer told the FBI he saw this. But the woman that he claims it happened to has no recollection and said it didn't occur. Page one above the fold. Yeah. Yeah. So let's uh, watch this segue. This should be good. Yes. Christine Blasey Ford's one of her lawyers was Deborah Katz. Yes, that's the one that said about the aspects. Yes, well, Deborah Katz is also representing another woman in Pittsburgh who accused Antonio Brown of exposing himself and molesting her. I, it's not because I think Antonio Brown's a great guy, and based on the SI article No, wait, that came is out, she representing – she's not representing the woman that has filed the civil complaint. Is no, she representing the artist? She's representing the artist in Pittsburgh. Okay. Yes. So I, it makes me think, okay, I want to believe you, but Deborah Katz is your lawyer, so I'm not really sure I can believe you. I want to. It's, you know what? It's making it hard. This is called the Gloria Allred rule. Yeah. You're all guilty until I say you're not. Well, no, it's just sort of if you, oh, you're represented by Gloria Allred. Yeah. Hmm. Mm. No, I don't believe anything you're saying. <laughs> so our, our, our last topic, because it, it's important to me. It's important to you. <laughs> this is of a personal so importance. The to last Dad. time we spoke, the New England Patriots. Had you were signed, despondent. I was despondent. The New England Patriots had signed Antonio Brown. It was the night before the Steelers decided not to show up for the first game of the season, followed by the second game they also didn't show up for. Uh, but this one was where Antonio Brown gets signed by the Patriots after he found a way to get off the Raiders. So fast forward 11 days. Because, you know, that's how this football season works. It's only 11 days long. Yes. Um, he's accused by a woman, a trainer in Tennessee, I believe she's in. I don't remember. Uh, Somewhere. Of being – this one's a little suspicious too because it happened three times over a period of a year and a half and she kept going back. I'm a little concerned about her mental well-being if she kept going back. But he apparently exposed himself, assaulted her physically, maybe well, no, he, rape. Well, she specifically, explicitly alleges that he violently raped her. Yes, the third time. And and the and and again, not being a a female in that situation, she never went to the police, and that yeah bothers me a little bit. Well, it does bother me a little bit too. And and I understand that what what I usually hear, and I agree with this, is people will say, "Look, you have no idea." No, and we don't. don't. What kind of ordeal that would be? So you can't even presume to say what someone should do or what their emotions would be or what would motivate them to come forward or not come forward. And I, I understand all that. Here's what I struggle with a little bit just in terms of how she's handled this. Usually the reason that's put forward, and I think it's legitimate, is, listen, no woman wants to relive this. Sure. No woman wants I to be it. put through that trauma and the legal process. And I absolutely get that. But she's already filed a public document that explicitly details a horrific crime. Mm -hmm. So the usual argument that they just didn't want to come forward because they can't – they don't want to deal with this. Well, that doesn't exist here because she has come forward. She's put this all into the public domain. And so, yes, if you are – as she alleges, this is not just a 
you know, some sort of sexual assault exposure. She's alleging that she was violently raped. That is a brutal mm-hmm. crime. Mm-hmm. It does give me pause that she's not pursuing this with the criminal justice system. Yeah. I don't that doesn't make sense to me given that all of the the stuff that would, you know, normally cause maybe a woman to say I just don't want to deal with this. I want to go on with my life. I don't want to be someone that's in the public whirlwind. I get that, but you are. Yeah. All of this is out there. Yeah. You're seeking money. That's great. I don't begrudge her for that. No. It just to me why wouldn't you also file or seek to have filed uh, a criminal complaint? Because if he actually did this, he should be in prison for a very, very long yes. time. Agreed. Not having criminal charges against him, but a civil suit does make me. I want. I don't want to say gold digger because I don't think that's the right term. Because if this happened, it, it is horrific and should never occur. And he deserves anything that's thrown at him. But without the, the criminal, it just feels like you're just going for money, and I don't like that. I mean, I, I don't want to feel that way, but it, 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 I feel that way. And the, the woman in Pittsburgh, same kind of issue for me. You know, she, she's not filed a complaint, so she's not trying to relive it, and I, and I get that. But the district attorney said they could not pursue an investigation because the statute of limitations ran out from 2017. You, you tell me the statute of limitations in the state of Pennsylvania – is less than two years well, I guess for assault? I, I, I can't believe that. Did she actually claim she was assaulted? She claims he exposed herself and that he and that he raped her. He, she's claiming the third time he raped her. No, 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 no. Wait. The, the, the artist. That's what... Are you sure? I'm almost positive. I, I, thought, up, I didn't think the artist was claiming that. I thought the not artist... Not the first was... two times. She says three times for her as well, but the last time she was raped. I didn't know that. But, I, I haven't heard that. But in any event, yeah, it's a little bit... But even little, if... It, okay, just exposure. You're telling me two years is outside the I don't, statute of limitations? That it, seems strange well, to me. Well, not to me necessarily because if it's if it's indecent exposure, that's going to be a misdemeanor level. I'm not a criminal lawyer. Right, but, right. Um, so there, that very well may be true depending on how they would charge it. I don't okay. know. So the SI article comes out, and you and I were texting about it, it makes Antonio Brown look like a huge oh. dirtbag, if nothing else. If, if not criminal, at least a huge... My favorite my favorite part of the, the SI article... The, the, by the way, if you're interested in this, uh, it's by a guy named Robert Klemko. It's a very detailed piece that talks about basically all of the people that have been in Antonio Brown's orbit over the last <laughs> five, six, seven years who have you know worked for him. And we're talking about uh, people that were chefs or people that were, I think there was one guy that was like a physical therapist. The other guy was a doctor. Yeah. And basically, according to the article, all of these people have said, we provided services to this guy and he stiffed us. Yeah. He didn't, just deadbeat, won't pay us. He owes one guy $11,000, who I think was a doctor or maybe a trainer. My favorite story, though, was he hired some... I don't know, semi-celebrity chef, I think, for some party. Maybe it was a Super Bowl party that yeah. he wanted to have. Pro Bowl party. Pro Bowl party down in Florida to cook all of this fancy food for his guests. And this guy does this for him. And initially, Antonio Brown is very friendly, and you're the greatest. Stiffs the guy on the bill. And then when the guy, I guess, tries to at one point confront Antonio Brown... According to the story, Antonio Brown has some minion that's there, says... Do not look into the eyes of Antonio Brown. Like, do yes. not make eye contact with the Sun King. Oh, it, my. it is the most bizarre. It is. You know, look away. You do not look upon his personage. <laughs> Bow and kiss the hem of his garment. Oh my! And so, if that's actually true, then you know, 
Antonio Brown, the guy has gone off the rails. I texted you. Yes. Because yes. you said, to your credit, last week, you thought that Antonio Brown's behavior was very suggestive of CTE. I'm not – we can't know I, that yeah. until after you – know, we don't want Antonio Brown to be dead. Right. You can't know that until it's post-mortem. But I will say – because I listened to an interview from a, a woman who was the Pittsburgh Steelers beat reporter – uh, for probably six years, I don't know, it was on ESPN or NFL Network. Mm -hmm. And one of the comments that she made was this bizarro world behavior, this guy who's not only with his frozen feet and his helmet, but also behaving in this incredibly kind of rage-fueled, vindictive, egomaniac way is not the guy that he was the first six or seven years that she covered him. Now, maybe this is just a case of Power corrupts and sure. money corrupts sure. and influence corrupts. Sure. But her intimation was that she thinks there's something that's gone wrong. Like something upstairs has gone haywire. And given the sport that he plays, mm. you know, I don't put it out of now the realm of possibility that, you know, maybe there's just something like he's got some some issues, like some medical issues. Well, I've seen him laid out in a number of games and he came back to play. Well, before... the hit that he the hit he took by Vontae's perfect yeah. alone. Yes, could could have killed somebody. Should have the way he was good. Yeah, it, it looked horrific. He speared him in the head. Yeah, it was it was all, and I think that's when some of this behavior started to occur, or at least being reported. So fast forward to last weekend, the the Dolphins attempt to play football. Against the Patriots. No, they didn't. Well, they were on the field. They're not attempting to play football. Laundry that looked like the Dolphins was on the field against the Patriots. The Patriots went out of their way to, I won't say feature, but gave him gave Antonio Brown a lot of uh, yeah. time on the field. Well, I think they targeted eight targets. He scored a touchdown. Yeah. It, it, it was, I read an article saying, you know, if you're the good organization, and, and, and these accusations had come out before the game. So this was before the game occurred. These accusations about the trainer and the artist had come out before all that happened. They still played him. They still featured him. They could have said, hey, he doesn't know, you know the playbook I don't, yet. I, I don't, don't know. I don't blame them for that. I, because well. here's the thing. You know, if they had come out a week before, okay, yeah. they've got time to react. Sure. They literally came out like the same day of the they game. They didn't need him on the field. No, they don't. But I guess my point would be I wouldn't want an organization to react – in that moment, because that incentivizes that kind of stuff. In other words, sure. I don't – look, I think the Patriots made a mistake even bringing him on. Well, and that's where I'm going. Okay, yeah. but I don't think it's a wrong decision for an organization. If you hear, okay, in the run-up to a game, even if it's Saturday, right, you got this guy. Hey, by the way, we just found out there's some woman from somewhere that's claiming X, Y, and Z. Do we have any idea if it's true? No idea. I don't think it's a good organizational policy. The minute that that kind of stuff comes out to say, you know what, we're shutting it down until – no, I mean, play him and then do your due diligence. I just, I don't like, this is very much like a college campus idea sure. where somebody makes an accusation. The star foot, the star quarterback, you know, molested me last week up off campus. Until, no, wait a minute. That's, that's, that's very Kafka-esque kind of stuff. Um, so, so I don't blame them for that decision. Well, okay, so remember, he got, he got cut by the Raiders on Saturday at 4 o'clock. And he was signed by the Patriots by 6 o'clock, two hours later, two and a half sure. hours later, whatever. How much due diligence did they actually do? You could say, I looked at him a year ago. I looked at him back in March. But how much did you really do? Because well, but, there was yeah. an offer on the table to 
Brown but the from question this is, for but $2 the million. question is, there was no reason at that point in time to do due diligence relating to sexual assault allegations. Well, I don't know what I don't know what NFL teams check before they sign somebody. I, I don't know what that goes into that, so I have no idea. But it seems like they couldn't have done a whole lot in that short period of time. Time, the time, well, because they thought he was going to be on the team the day before. Right. He he was going remember, to Raiders. this is not a guy. This is a guy that has an established track record in the league. He's been playing in the league for how many years now? This is his ten seasons. So ten seasons. There's never been any allegations like this, at least True. that we know of. That we know so, of. Right. So I think the Patriots, like most teams, you're not going to be delving into that kind of stuff with a guy that's played for a decade in the league is essentially squeaky clean from that standpoint. Sure, he's a diva, and he's actually been behaving very bizarrely yeah. in terms of his own, you know, whatever's going on personally with his helmet. He's acting just kind of like Howard Hughes or something. Yeah. Um, so, again, I don't, I don't think there's any reason for them to, we really need to research this guy's background about whether he's, you know, criminally involved with uh, women. Yeah, if you don't, you don't suspect that, you don't, you don't re- look for that, but you... Okay, but you so, do that with a draft choice. Sure, right? you would. They're, they're an unknown commodity. Correct. So we get to this week. He's practicing. Friday afternoon, the Patriots say we've released him. 11 days on the on the squad. 11 days. What changed between – because the, the NFL said we, we're not going to put him on the commissioner's exempt list. We're not going to suspend him with pay. We're, well, we're I, investigating. I'll tell you what changed. What changed? Two things changed. Well, that's yeah, – one well, on Wednesday. Well, first of all – Antonio Brown never told them about this pending civil suit that he apparently he may not have known when it was going to drop, but yeah. he knew this was going on in the background. Okay. So to me, from an organizational standpoint, but they that's knew a huge that before problem. the game last week. That gets, but that was my earlier point is that that's too soon for them to make any determination about that. Now, okay. maybe to your point, yeah, but they knew that he didn't tell them yeah. at that point. That's fair enough. The other thing is the really that sealed the deal is that he apparently then texted this woman multiple times in what people have called sort of an inti- – I, I, it doesn't sound like it was all that intimidating. Essentially, he got into some group text. She's so broke. Yeah, that he was basically criticizing her. However, I will say whether it's intimidating or not, it's incredibly stupid. Well, I understand that the Patriots told him to have no contact yes. with these women, but he apparently is too stupid to figure that out. Now, again, we don't know if he – she said it looked like it was a number that he, she had used with him two years ago. Maybe well, it is. Maybe it isn't. And I don't then know. the death knell. The death knell was, of course – Bill Belichick walks out for his press conference, and every question is about Antonio Brown. Yeah. And if there is one thing that Bill Belichick cannot tolerate, he was breaking out in hives about ready to you know, murder someone. If It doesn't matter what the reason is. Yeah. The minute he starts hearing Antonio Brown, Antonio Brown, Antonio Brown, and not Patriots way, Patriots way, it's over. Mm-hmm. Bill Belichick is the supreme overlord of that team. And the only thing he wants to talk about is Patriots football. And if he's got a guy on that team that is going to dominate all of the media attention and be a distraction, you're gone. So he stomped out of that press conference, and I guarantee you went right up to Katz and said, we're done. done. I don't even care what's going on. I'm not going to tolerate this. We are not going to have one guy monopolizing our season like a soap opera. He's done. It ruins the team. So do you think the Patriots would have cut him 
had had they had to guarantee a larger sum and had given up draft picks for him. Yes. You think they still would have cut him? Yes. Okay. I, I don't know if I – I think it was easy to cut him because the, the cost nah, was so think, minimal. They don't care. They don't care about the money. <clears throat> well, and here's the thing. first-round draft pick would have been – They're going to fight. They're going to fight over the money anyway. And that's the thing. They're going to fight over the money. So it wasn't just like, okay, we decided he's not a fit for our team. They still want their money back. And yeah, I understand but I, that. You know what? Knowing – again, knowing what I do, my, my sources um, – Belichick doesn't think about that stuff. Belichick okay, stopped fair. out and said, I'm done with this. We tried to make it work. If I hear one more question about Antonio Brown, I'm going to go on a stabbing spree. <laughs> Get rid of him. We don't want that. That's it. So here's something you'll never hear me say ever, 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 ever again. I think the Patriots actually did the right thing and the Steelers did the wrong thing. What did the Steelers do that was the wrong thing? Steelers only got rid of him after he demanded a trade. If he was... So some of this stuff happened while he was a Steeler. Yeah, but do you know that the Steelers knew about any of this? No, but let's let's think about this. If you've got a star player, you have security forces for each NFL team. They have security people. He's he's not showing up. He's he's wandering around. He's not doing what he's supposed to be doing. Are you not going to have somebody saying, "Hey, we got to get to his house and get him get him here. We got to make sure he shows up on time." There, there's things. People hear things. I think the Steelers are complicit in the fact that they didn't do a better job of handling him. And you can't handle him 24-7. I'm not saying that. But these things were happening, and if the, the stuff from SI is even just the tip of the iceberg, other things were going on. Well, maybe, but I guess this... Doesn't could, look good for the Steelers but, for him to be stiff and no, but, but people. Well, okay, but I, again, you're assuming that they knew any of this. I'm assuming they should have. Whether or not they did, I think they should have had an inkling of what's going on. And I don't appreciate that about them because I think they... They let it go because he was a good player, and I think that's where that's where he got into trouble. Mike Tomlin well, he is not a disciplinarian. He wasn't just a good player. He was he's an, he's an all-time. Okay. he's a Hall of Fame caliber talent. I, but if I you're a dirtbag, should you still be on the team if you're just because you're listen, talented? If the standard is we can't have dirtbags, well, the NFL is now. It's going to be like the rapture for the NFL. But do you think from an NFL level they want to see people on their squads who are rapists? But, Murders, but wait, but wait, you're begging the question. Stephing. You're begging the question. There is no evidence that the Steelers had any idea. There's two different things here. There's Antonio Brown, uh, diva, egomaniac, misses meetings. And that didn't start until the very end. Because, sure, again, sure. for most of but his— But they knew that. But, okay, they knew that for a little while. And they're trying to deal with it because, like it or not— Star players are going to get a lot more rope. Okay? I guarantee somebody but was following him around from the Steelers organization. Uh, somebody was about somebody that. was keeping tabs on him. My point is that you have a very clear dividing line between kind of a locker room problem mm -hmm. becoming mercurial, right? That's the that's the preferred <laughs> so nice way of putting it. Acting bizarrely, posting things on social media that he shouldn't. That's one category mm -hmm. of problem. Yeah. The other category is potential criminal, it, potential they felon. They are different. And if the Steelers didn't know about the second category, I don't necessarily blame them for trying to figure out a way to keep their very diva-like, bizarro world receiver happy because ultimately that's not a firing offense. And it gets back to my point there are plenty of guys on every roster that are doing that kind of stuff. So the question is, is it enough of a problem and enough of an ethical issue or potential criminal issue where you have to clearly say this overrides our desire to win football games? I don't think there's any evidence that the Steelers were at that point. But 
the the Patriots seem to come to that point without any more evidence. These are accusations right now, and no, I know but, the NFL but performance the policy but says the Patriots you can came suspend to them. that point after he'd already been terminated by two other teams. He wasn't terminated by the Steelers; he was traded. Okay, but he was traded for these antics. So they have that background. Mm-hmm. Then we have the insanity with the Raiders. But they signed him knowing that. They, they signed him knowing he'd been turned by the Raiders and his bizarre behavior over the summer. They, they still signed him. Sure. And it, these are accusations. Now, whether or not they're proven out to be true, we have to wait and see. I don't like the NFL policy but that remember, we can suspend wait, you before to, there's criminal. But to be clear, they signed him again for Category 1. Mm-hmm. Category 2, they didn't know about. Well, here's what, here's what uh, um, Belichick says. Clean slate. Everything from this point forward. This accusation was prior to this point. Yeah, but it doesn't this... matter if you didn't know about it. If you're making a statement, you have a clean slate, and you think the worst thing the guy has done is bur- you know, burn his feet in some cryo chamber and won't wear a helmet, That's the context for the clean slate is you're acting like a moron, and yeah. we're going to make you do the Patriot thing. If the clean slate is done in the context of we also know that you're alleged to have raped someone – that you can't say because it happened previous in time that the clean slate is now wiping away criminal history if they don't know about well, it. I don't think there can be a clean slate. I think that's the problem. You can't have a clean slate because it's not possible that you your baggage follows you in life no matter where you go. Saying you have a clean slate is just my way of saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. We we can work with your issues. I'm accepting of your baggage. Right, but I don't think any rational person believes when you say, oh, you said I have a clean slate. That's good. I don't have to mention the fact that I have several Domino's pizza men buried under my porch. It, it matters what <laughs> they know about you. I don't disagree. I don't disagree with any of that. So Drew Rosenhaus is obviously complicit in this as well because apparently he knew about the settlement offer. Who is? Drew Rosenhaus, his agent. Well, yeah, of course. So – Least, Wait, you expect Drew no, Rosenhaus to behave to ethically? Be, no, not in the slightest. I'm just – I don't like the NFL policy where somebody gets suspended prior to a criminal complaint or a civil complaint being resolved. I don't like that. Because I, agree, I, I agree. I think that's bad precedent to say, I don't like how you acted because I don't like you. I don't mind how you acted because I like you. Or you're, don't, you're not a repeat offender. This is your first time – Screwing off. This guy's Look, done it repeatedly. I don't, I don't think the NFL should be in the business whatsoever I agree. of policing. But it's a PR issue. Of course it is. And they and, know and that. the pushback to that is going to be it's a multi-billion dollar league. Their image matters. Of course the NFL needs to be involved. The problem here is where do you stop? Okay, Because the NFL doesn't seem clear in no. and of itself, what are we actually doing here? What are we going to monitor? What are we not going to monitor? You mean the Ray Rice where we didn't have video, so it was two games. Yeah, that when was get video, then you get released. Like, we knew <laughs> we knew he punched his wife in the face, but now that I've seen the video, it seems really bad. <laughs> exactly. Um, You knew that already. Yeah, nothing changed other than you got to see it. Versus, I, I think it's very murky, and I think that makes the NFL look bad. Poor. Uh, yes, it does best. make the NFL look poor. And this gets back to the fact that Roger Goodell is, in my view, terrible mm-hmm. at his job, other than the fact that he's very good at collecting $40 million a year <laughs> as his cash machine just keeps rolling in the money. But in terms of his public relations and his instincts, I think he's awful. Yes. Just well, terrible. He's got to be getting advice from somebody. It's not just him making those decisions. Somebody's got to be feeding into that. 
Well, I'm sure he has a coterie of uh, advisors. Yes, Apparently, yes, man. But give him anything. No, this is a, this is a difficult. This whole territory is difficult. I agree with you, though. I don't like people being suspended based on allegations. Mm-hmm. I, I I really don't. So in that context, the NFL did not suspend Antonio Brown. Right. They could have put him on, and they may still put him on the exempt list. I mean, well, now that he- they've talked to this woman, and they still weren't going to put him on this week. Prior to the Patriots releasing, does another team pick him up no. knowing this? I don't think Antonio – listen, I think – I was going to ask you this question. So yeah. here's the two questions. I do not believe that Antonio Brown plays another down of football this year. I think he's done. The, the, the bigger question is, does he ever play in the NFL again? Now, that's unknowable because we don't know how these investigations are going to play out. Assuming nothing – assuming there's no criminal charges and conviction, even if the civil lawsuit – I think I see one team, and I think I text you. The Cowboys are the only ones I can see that might actually take a chance because they took a chance on Greg Hardy. Yeah, but you know what? Here's the thing right now about the Cowboys. The Cowboys are rolling. So okay. even Jerry Jerry Jones is no stranger to bringing on really bad characters. Yeah. But he was doing that when – now, could change because the Cowboys go you – know, <laughs> they have a three-game losing streak. Jerry's going to be, like, you know, texting Antonio. Well, I'm not saying this year necessarily. I, I, possibly next year. But I, don't, I don't know if he ever plays I again. I don't think they go there. Um, I don't think he plays again. I think, you know, Drew Rosenhaus is probably – because I don't think Antonio Brown realizes how bad things are for him. I'm sure Rosenhaus does. Yeah. He's got to be panicked. One of the reports from, you know, from an anonymous GM uh, who, you know, called in, they asked him about this. And this was a team – that had been interested in Antonio Brown before the Patriots snapped him up. This guy basically said, "Nope, we're, th- his career is over." And he said, "I'm not aware of any other team right now that would even risk signing him." Now, it's easy to say that now. Sure. I think to your point, let 2020 season roll around. If nothing else comes of this stuff, there's probably a few teams that may take a flyer on him. But I, camp, but I maybe. think his, I really think his career is dangling by a thread right now, I, which is, which when you think about it, is yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. This is a guy that what six months ago, he's he's one of the top two or three receivers in the league, a surefire first ballot Hall of Famer. He's healthy. He's in the prime of his career, and in the space of six months, he has managed to self-immolate. To the point where his career literally may be over. Yeah. I don't think there has ever been something no. like this that has happened. We, we were talking about. I, I don't. I can't think of I, the only analogy I come up with OJ, but that was years after he was playing. It wasn't in the middle of his career, and that that was obviously yeah. horrific as well. I can't think of anybody in the middle of their career at this type of level that this happens. I don't know who this happens to. I can't think of anybody. If you can think of one, let us know. But I can't think of a single person who has done. Maybe and, Mike Tyson. Well, maybe, but here's the thing with Tyson. I mean, yeah, you know, after Customato, after he left Customato and Customato died and he got into the Don King orbit, but Tyson, look, first of all, Tyson's background, he was all always this risk of going downhill. And, but Tyson, this, that was a gradual descent for him. Okay, Tyson didn't, I mean, yes, Buster Douglas, but he still fought. How many times did he fight after Buster Douglas? You know, and of course, we went to jail with the whole, yeah. uh, again, rape. Uh, rape. Um, no, I don't think there's any precedent for this because it is all entirely self-inflicted mm-hmm. and has gone from basically there's no issues with this guy other than, okay, fine, he, you know, he got his way out of Pittsburgh to he's, he's kind of a lunatic mm-hmm. and he may never play again. Yeah, I, I don't think 
I don't see unless somebody really is think they're they, they're one piece one nutbag well, piece away. Here's the other. Here's the other important part of this. I think at this point, there's no indication that Antonio Brown has any self awareness that maybe some remorse, <laughs> maybe some like. Have you seen anything no. emanating from him? Like you no. know what. I'm really, you know, apparently he gave this uh, heartfelt emotional apology to the Raiders before Mm -hmm. that all blew up. But I have seen no indication that Antonio Brown realizes you're you're like falling into a live volcano, dude. Yeah. Are you going to express some regret Um, now again? okay. in fairness to him, he's being civilly sued. He's got to be very careful of the things that he says. But. Just his entire demeanor mm-hmm. does not suggest he gets it. No, I agree with that. I completely agree I with that. I think he's he's out in like a, an alternative universe. Just uh, even one of the tweets that he sent, I was like, the marathon continues. You know, I'm yeah. going to get a job with the next team. No, you're not. No, no. Can you think of another player who's been on three teams in one season? <laughs> I can't. No, I don't. <laughs> it doesn't happen. It's, it's just, it's actually, it's it's pretty bizarre. It's, yeah. it's just, there's it's unprecedented. Nothing yeah. like that. In the NFL has has ever happened, and he seems like a guy. If you if you rewind a year, mm-hmm. that you would he'd be the last guy that mm-hmm. you would think this would happen to. In the sense that he didn't have any prior history in no. this kind of. Now maybe he did. Well, and we're now just finding it. out about yeah. all this. And I think that's and maybe there's going to be more to come to light. Could be. The other question you had for me? Oh, no, it was. Do you think he's ever going to play again? No. And I also think you don't think he's going to ever play again. I don't I don't see how I don't I, because this. He's not Michael Vick where he killed dogs, which was horrific as well, but it was dogs. This guy, is, he's crazy or appears to be crazy, and his behavior is bizarre, and he's not a great teammate from everything we've talked about. Well, he used to be. Apparently used to he be, used but to not be. isn't no, now. now. Now he's, uh, he's a, you know, a wacky It's what cancer. you can do for me, but he doesn't really bond with the team. It's all about Antonio Brown, which is tragic. Um but two years ago, Steelers had the killer bees. Two years ago, they're all gone from the Steelers. They're all gone. And I'm clean Roethlisberger in this. I, you know, text on this. I don't think Roethlisberger ever plays again. I think he's done. No, I, well, no, what I, my position is he's probably not going to play again for the Steelers. I think he will absolutely play again in the NFL. Oh, I don't know. I don't think so. I think he's been talking about retirement for three or four years. He signed another three-year. He, he does that thing. every other press conference when the Understood. team, you know, he has two interceptions. I don't know if I can do this anymore. Then he, you know, comes back the next week. But Paul, he threw for a lot of yards last year, which was his best season in a long time. He, the first two games, well, first game and half a game on Sunday, he looked lethargic. He looked like he didn't want to be there. He was overthrowing, underthrowing. Now the receivers he's throwing to are garbage. They're they're what apparently about Juju. Juju is the only one that can catch. Brian Switzer's great if you want to get one yard, <laughs> but only if you need 10. Because if you need one yard to get a first down, he's not your guy. But if you need one yard and you need you actually need 10, he's your guy. He's your guy? Monk, Monkery for Monk, whatever his name is. He's horrible. <laughs> you throw the ball to the guy, he drops it. You throw the ball to the guy, he drops it. Or you throw the ball to the guy and he tips it up he's for the, he's the, you uh, had, he's the you had one job guy. Yeah. You had one job. <laughs> your job is to catch the ball, but you can't seem to do that. So now we got Mason Rudolph, who 
I don't know. He looked a little more energized than Ben did in the game, but I think he's younger. He that's should. the reason I think I think Mason Rudolph is going to be a good pro. So but he's got to throw to somebody. But Roethlisberger, look, this—he's going to play for another team. He's not going out like this, and he's—we well, he may not want to go out with this. Doesn't mean he's not going to oh, go out like this. Are you telling me if he comes back? Let's say he comes back, and Mason Rudolph is now entrenched, and the Steelers are ba- their position entrenched. is entrenched. Yeah, <laughs> that you know sure. he's playing well. He's our quarterback of the future, Ben. Sorry, what he's Roethlisberger going to say? Fine. I don't know what the state of his contract is right now. He's going to say, release me, more years. whatever. You telling me that a healthy Ben Roethlisberger is not going to have massive interest from a half a dozen, a dozen teams that think they're a quarterback away from a Super Bowl? No way. I, I mean, he's going to get signed in a heartbeat. I think. Part, if he's healthy. That, I think that's the key right there. He hasn't been healthy in years. He's had okay. healthier moments than other times, but every NFL no, player's. Right. The point is, if he can actually get under center and mm-hmm. still throw the ball. Okay, but he's not Peyton Manning. He's not cerebral. This is not a guy yeah. who's who cares? thinking, well, that's what you got to do with later in your life no, as you a quarterback. Don't. Really? You don't think Drew Brees? Listen, Ben is not as he's not as much of a blockhead as you think he is. Okay, you can't you can't be a successful NFL quarterback without actually being pretty smart. Now he may be may not be able to diagram plays with Bill Walsh, but the guy's a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback. Um, there, there's just no question in my mind. If he comes back and says, "I can throw the ball," I want to be under center, and there's no place for him on the Steelers. He is going to have a line of people saying, we'll give you a two-year contract, come play with us, because there aren't that many good quarterbacks in the league. So you That's think, the problem. You think Brady goes down at the end of the season, they bring in Roethlisberger? Wouldn't that be amazing? <laughs> Wouldn't that be amazing? Big Ben finishes his career with two Super Bowls with Belichick. Well, the good thing is Antonio Brown is not on the team. Uh, Le'Veon Bell is on the Jets, so that's almost like like being on a team. You're getting paid. Hope you like that money because you're not getting anything else out of it. You're getting crushed. Yeah, the Jets are going to be 0-6 They're before. They're horrible. If Donald ever comes back without a large spleen, we'll see. And Ben is, is out. The, two years ago, they had an awesome offense. Now they can't get out of their own way. And, and that's how it's it happens. just how quickly the fates change. Well, you know, the Chargers understand that. Yes. They're, they're, they're one good hit away from being irrelevant. Are you kidding? Yeah, Philip Rivers goes down. They might as well just end the season. They just don't play anymore. Like, we're just not going to participate. Here, we'll just give you the participation money we're going to make for right. you. We're gone. So that's all I had tonight, Tony. I hope you're. We've had more than enough. <laughs> Hopefully, you you felt comfortable with all that. Comfortable with yes, yes. I just want to say one thing. So I want to say this. This is a PSA for everybody out there. If you're standing around at a carnival, Wait, a PSA. Public service announcement. Oh, okay. Carnival, a fair. I thought it was like a PFA, like a protection from abuse or something. No. Public service announcement. Public service announcement. Sorry. Make make, it very clear. Try to understand there's other people around you. And I'll give you an example. When you're driving? No. When you're walking around in certain places. I'll give you an example. I was at an event last week, and it was an outdoor event, and you you brought your camp chair, lawn chair, and you sat down, and and you, you face the stage. So I put my chair down. I get up to go to talk to somebody. I Someone come, sat in your chair. Not quite that, but, but close. <laughs> I come back. Now, chairs are in rows. They're unofficial rows, but they're in rows, and people just you know kind of line up wherever they're. And there's, there's a gap so people can walk through the aisle. Better than you get in an airplane or better than you get anywhere else. I set my chair down. I go back. I come back over. Somebody has literally set six inches from the front of my chair. 
Are they sitting in the chair? They're sitting in their chair six inches from my chair. I can't even get into my chair to sit down if I wanted to. Now, that would be fine, maybe, if there if it was crowded and that was the only spot they could get. There was literally 50 feet of open space to the left of me, and this person sits right in front of did me. You, did you talk to this person? I did. Um, my wife said I need to choose my words more carefully. So I choose my words. Wait, I will is this, my wait, words. is it in the aftermath of you talking to them that she said this? Or yes, yes. And it, so uh, I need to know. So how did this conversation go? Not well. They didn't move, and uh, I moved my chair. So uh, the, was it a man? No, it was a woman. It was actually two women and a man. It was three three people, but they all were plopped right in front of me, not in front of my wife who was sitting right next to me. They plopped in front of me for reasons unknown to Just me. Just because they knew that. I mean, would and my chair was there. They weren't there when I got so there. So what did you say? Um, I was sitting here. Oh, I'm sorry. I said, well, can you slide down? Oh, well, we're with these people in front of us. I said, that's great, but you could just slide down and sit next to me, and they'd still be in front of you. Oh, no, we're, we're good here. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. That, that, that would be a little – that would be irritating. And that happens every time I go to something like this where you're – Putting you're, on your chair. you're just a magnet for the... Uh... And my wife's looking at me. She's laughing because she knows what I'm going to think. And she's like, oh, it just happens to you. I'm like, why does it happen to me? They don't know it's me. It's, it's a not... test. It's you're, a test. It's a test so a that test. You, you won't... So I was rightly chastised for what I wanted to say, not what I did say. I think I was fine with what I said, but what I did once thinking under my breath, I'm like, yeah, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> obviously... You can see my chair, and you didn't move. I don't understand. The, the equivalent of that is the one where you intentionally uh, park your car far away from the other cars in this expansive parking lot. Yeah. And then there's a you go into the store, and you come out, and a person has parked right next to you when there's 30 available <laughs> open spots. But no, they've decided, I'm going next to that guy. Yeah. Who very clearly does not want to be near anyone else. Maybe maybe they feel bad. You know, maybe they feel like I get if need, there's a tree a friend. There. I get if there's a tree and you're trying to get the shade. No, no, no. No tree. No tree. Just, just a I've had that happen to me multiple times. Yep. And which is really strange because if those people wanted to be by themselves, it's it's counterproductive. If they're the same person that I am, which is I don't want door dings. Yes. You've now parked right next to another car. Yes. So that's clearly not why they're doing that. So, yeah, it may be, as Bill Cosby would say, the brain damage. Yes. You know? <laughs> brain damage. The brain damage. That's what we're going with. That's what I'm going with last week. It was the brain damage. But when you're standing at, a, at a, an event and there's people and you stand right in the middle of the walkway, get off to the side. Just get off to the side. I don't care which side. Just get off to the side. Don't stand in the middle. You go to a carnivore fair. You don't want to have to. Walk around people who can't seem to figure out that if you just stuck to the side, it'd be a whole lot better for traffic flow. But it wouldn't be better for them. Uh, yeah, but that's the important part. Yeah, apparently that's it's it. It's not better for them. Yeah. Well, apparently the people sitting in front of me last week, it was better for them to be literally right in front of me. You just need to be more empathetic about the brain damage. <laughs> Might we go with what I thought under my breath. I don't know. <laughs> so don't chastise me. I was justly chastised by my wife, and rightly so. I should not have thought that about somebody. But it doesn't seem like you have learned. I learned I I just wait from I'm going to wait for everybody to get there and then put my chair down because then they can't sit in front of me because they're already there. Well, you really should have done is moved your chair and then sat three inches in front of them. <laughs> I wish, said, well, I had people in front said, of them already. And then said, I'm good. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good here. <laughs> That's life. That's what you do. 
All right. That's all we got tonight. Thanks for joining us. I'm Chad. I'm Tony. Good night. This has been a Hannah Tree production.